0: is Rowena Dooley, asking sole citizens to report for duty.
1: You guys want us to hurry up or keep going?
2: I'm with another episode of Soul Citizens. I almost said the wrong show again. <laughs> this is episode 180, and we're talking Citizen Con 2953 Navigating the Universe and Character Advancement. But before we get into that, I would like to introduce my co host, starting on this way. Just, uh, yeah, this way. Starting on my, my right, uh, BBG, tell us about yourself.
3: Greetings and salutations, citizens, Big Black Gaming. Big Black Gaming everywhere on every channel. I uh, became part of the Soul Citizens almost two years ago now and uh, uh, love building beloved community with FastCard, Griff, and the Soul team. And all of you, excited to be here.
2: Thank you for that. And then going this way to my immediate lap, uh Jade Starwatcher. Tell us about yourself real quick, please. Hello. I am Jade
0: Starwatcher. I'm one of the... Uh, Oh, sorry, I gotta turn this down. I'm um, one of the soul citizens obviously I uh, also behind the people's radio and um, yeah, I don't know what
2: else to say. <laughs> that's fine that's fine. and to Jade left is Nomad 1701. How are you doing? Tell us about yourself. Oh
4: yeah I'm Nomad. I've just been one of the newest members of the uh, of this uh, soul citizens team. great honor to be here and um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, here I am.
2: <laughs> is this your second or third episode with us?
4: I think this is my third. Third,
2: okay. We'll I think this like is a, my
4: third, at least a second.
2: We're happy to have you here again. Thank you Thank for you. being here. And exactly. finally, but not least, uh, the the woman with the hair, <laughs> Yo-Yo Merrick, how are you doing tonight?
5: I'm doing great. Hope everyone is as well. Um, and yeah. I'm Meg, a.k.a. Megan for long, but don't call me that. Gross. It's kind of weird, actually. Um, the first, since I started streaming, I went by Meg. So, like, all growing up, I've gone by Megan, but, like, now I just cringe at Megan. <laughs> but, yeah, I stream on Twitch. You can find me at YoYoMeg or here on Soul Citizens.
2: I mean, the worst thing to do when you want, when you don't want someone to call you something is to say, don't call me something on the <laughs> end that. That's rule I mean that should be rule number one. <laughs> Just letting you know that. Now yeah. you know because you got quits that you got two or three people already doing it. So good luck with <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> Alright. So that's enough with that. Let's get on with the show. Today we're talking about well, as I said, navigating the universe and that's what we're starting with. So let's get the show on the road.
6: Are you doing Los Angeles? Boy, well, there's a lot of you here. It's great to see you. Hi. My name's David, but everyone calls me Bone. Don't, don't ask. Or maybe ask me later. So, my job is to oversee all the uh, technical implementation of the UI across the company. And if I'm lucky, I get to do some programming from time to time. At previous CitizenCon, uh, one in the flesh, uh, in Manchester, I talked about UI tech with my um, friend and colleague, Zane Bien, and we were making new tools and technology to help our developers with, uh, to develop their UI. So that was a few years ago now, and now I'm really privileged to share with you how this technology has been utilized by our talented designers to help pr- improve your experience in the verse. So along with some of my UI friends that are hidden out the back there, i would like to show you some of these improvements which are gonna help you, the players, navigate the Star Citizen universe. So, why are we doing this? (laughs) Well, Star Citizen is big, really big. There's so many unique places, massive planets, moons, space stations, rest stops. You know, there's just loads of places to explore. We have a huge range of spaceships of all shapes and sizes. And there's an enormous amount of things to do and see and people to meet. And all this can be shared with friends online. And as we've seen today, as our uh, amazing online technology grows, it takes great leaps, and our uh, online player count grows, the possib- possibilities become almost endless. So, how are we gonna make sense of all this? Hmm, right. Well, one of the main ways we do this is with a user interface or UI for short. Uh, well, that's uh, where we come in, fortunately, being the UI guys. And we do this in loads of ways that you see already, whether it's uh, your vehicle MFDs or the hood or the kiosks, Uh, where you get your spaceship or you trade commodities or buy weapons and all manner of uh, diegetic UIs that you see, diegetic meaning like things in the world that you can interact with. But our first real opportunity is through the helmet visor display. Now, the visor display Gives you vital information about your status and the environment around you. But this, via, this this display has gone through many iterations over the years, and it's been built upon and adapted. And um, I don't know if uh, who remembers Arena Commander 1.0 that came out. That came out about a year after yeah, I started. Awesome. Um, which was primarily space combat and racing, so the, the visor was geared towards that. And then it evolved with our first adventures into the online universe, and as all the features get added and all these new things, the visor grows and we put things on it to show you and you know, uh different statuses and like tells you all about what's going on. But with all this evolution, we sometimes lose focus there's so much we need to know and when we need to know it is important so how do we zero in on what's important and at what time so leaning on this technology that zane and i and the ui tech team wrote a few years ago we tried to take a smart smarter perspective and rework the visor for you. So, I'm not gonna tell you about that. I'm gonna invite Simon Bursley onto the stage and he can tell you more about it. Simon? (laughs) Hey
7: everybody. Okay, so, Star Citizen, as you know, is a big project which has evolved over its lifetime. Early on in the project, we added the visor, which is the display you see on your helmet when you're walking around the universe in first person. Because the game is always expanding, we often add new gameplay features, and with those come new UI. The various teams slotted pieces into whatever place made sense at the time, but this eventually made the view became very complex. As you can see, the current live UI can get very cluttered. We have lots of information competing for your attention, so you don't always know where to look, and sometimes the overlaps can make things difficult to read. So, as you can probably tell, the UI team wanted to do a redesign. We wanted to improve the player's experience by presenting the important information in a clear way. We also needed to create a new framework that supports all the existing features and allows us to add more in future. And finally, we wanted to bring the visuals up to the high standard we're setting for Squadron 42, and soon the Star Citizen Persistent Universe. So how do we go about that? I believe user interface should always be a collaboration with the teams who build the underlying features. So we worked closely with them on a new layout, keeping some pieces, combining others, and maybe getting rid of a few. Once we'd figured out the design, we built a new framework using our 3D UI system. And then we worked closely with the various game teams to take all that complex data that existed before and hook it up to the new user interface. When we designed player-facing UI, we often tried to start with the worst case first so we can see everything we have to deal with. It was important for us to keep the central area as clear as possible to make it easier for you to see the underlying game. We designed a set of regions to that attach to the different parts of the view And with each of those, we have a set of widgets that can show, hide, and stack when you need them. So I've told you about everything we wanted to achieve. But wouldn't it be great to see it in game? Does anybody here want to see a live demonstration? Good. I was hoping you'd say that, otherwise it would have been a very short demo. Okay, so we're going to show you some of our new UI running live in the game. Everything you, think, everything you see is in real time, but I have to tell you we've created a special mission just for the show, which is a little different to what you see in the live game. Okay.
2: So Ellie I'm, fighter, thank you for the follow,
7: a appreciate sailing. it. Um, I'm going to say Bone's name a lot and the other guys too, so it's probably the most times you'll hear that in any presentation. Okay, welcome to the Orison Providence platform. You may, have spotted it early, you may have spotted it earlier, but today is the first time we've shown the new visor we developed and tested in Squadron 42. But you'll be happy to know all the UI you see today is going to make its way to Star Citizen. But this is secret UEE Navy tech, so we'll give it a different look for the persistent universe. As you can see, the display is very clean by default. Many of the elements are contextual, <laughs> meaning they appear when you need them to avoid cluttering the screen. We've also temporarily hidden a couple of things so we can focus on them later in this demo. Okay, Bo, let's move into the scene, please. All right. Okay, when we get a new mission objective, it appears in the top right of the screen. And you can see that our first mission is to repair a radiation leak. We've done a major overhaul of the augmented reality marker system so we can follow the yellow on-screen marker to get to our objective. At the top of the screen, you'll also see the compass. Okay, Bone, let's head towards the objective. We were already already happy with the way the player status widgets worked, showing you contextual information about your character and environment. So we've given them some visual polish and added a few new ones. The environmental radiation here is quite high. And over time, it will wear down our suit and damage the player. Looks like we can see the source of the radiation there. I think somebody's damaged a pipe. So how are we going to fix it?
2: Webster, thanks for the description.
7: If we were in space, we could use a salvage and repair ship. Luckily, the UEE have some advanced portable tech. Bone, please equip the military multi-tool. The military multi-tool from Squadron 42 has various modes. one of of which gives us the ability to salvage and repair on while on foot. Okay, Bone, let's use the multi-tool to repair that pipe. Okay. Right, we can see at the bottom left of the screen, the radiation levels are decreasing. So let's head into the scene. Let's walk forwards a bit. Okay, now we fix the damage. We need to find the enemies that caused it. While we're on the way, you'll notice that the on foot emissions at the top of the screen. We're emitting infrared, electromagnetic radiation, and also sound. If any of these go higher than the background levels, it will be easier for the enemies to detect us. Let's take a look at the bad guys' bone. As part of the emissions and radar tech, we also have the ability to scan while we're on foot. If we tap the button, we can do a quick scan to reveal everything, to reveal info about anything that's in our our view currently. Okay, Bowen, let's do a quick scan. This highlights whatever's in our line of sight. There's also some risk and reward to the scanning system. By holding the button, we can charge our scanner, and this reveals reveals enemies through walls using a more powerful wave. But it does cause a spike in our emissions, which makes us easier to detect. Okay, let's do a charge scan, please, Bone. Okay, we can also see the augmented reality box outs, which give us a summary of what we've detected. Okay, let's have a look at our weapons. Let's get the gun out, please, Bone. Okay, we wanted to help the player see their equipment during combat, so we upgraded the weapons display. As well as the ammo in the gun and the spare mags in their pockets, we also now show the player's explosives and med pens. Okay, let's fight the bad guys. There, you can see our new explosives marker, designed to help you spot deadly grenades, mines, and missiles more easily. I got you covered. You do it. Okay. Golden well bone.
2: I'm looking forward to, to a more matchmate way to throw um, stuff so you know where to land.
7: Success! Okay. Uh, there's no more hostiles nearby, so let's take a moment to talk about the Moby Glass. The Moby is the Star Citizen equivalent of your smartphone. It has various apps that hook into the gameplay systems. Like all the UI we're showing you today, we wanted to redesign it with the player's usability in mind to make it look good and also lay the groundwork for future expansion. Uh, let's bring up the glass, please, Bone.
2: Uh, let's pause for a moment real quick, please. Oh yeah, what do people th- think so far? I mean, starting off with um, the spaces big thing. That's the thing that um Dave Haddock said. I want to say 2015, 2016, a while ago. So it's, it's been a meme. So that's what, where that came from. But um, I found it interesting how they said radiation will wear down your suit and make it easier for e- enemy detection. Um, anything to stand out for anyone else so, so far?
3: Yeah, I think that I, I really appreciated the way Bone. I don't appreciate the way I'm drinking every time they say Bone, but I (laughs) I appreciate the way Bone began with, why are we doing this? And then brought it back to your point, Fastcart, to space is big because choices that this experience is implementing on how to navigate that matter. We have seen recent offerings in the space gaming genre that chose differently on how to navigate the bigness of space. Not everybody was satisfied with those choices, so I appreciate how they're wrestling with it, and I'm glad to be involved as a backer and testable alpha on, it, on the iterative uh, cuts cuts at this. But um, I, I like how they begin with trying to make sure we understand why are we doing all this, you know, um, because all these choices matter for gameplay, community, and UI. So.
2: Rockadog, Dog, thank you for that subscription. Appreciate it. Yeah, anyone else, Henry? Any, any comments? Oh, I do want to say thank you, New Soul, for the raid. I, I, forget, I forgot to mention it at the top of the show, so I just, I've, I've been rematched. Thank you, New Soul, for the raid. Welcome, later. Yes, yeah, so anyone else?
4: You know, it's interesting yeah. how they... Uh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no.
2: No, Matt first, then, then, then Meg.
4: Um, it's interesting how... I, I, I'm i not sure how exactly how I feel when you do the scan of people and you see their actual skeleton. And in combat, it's like it's so it's so weird. Like I can understand this screen here that you just happen to be on, but in combat, you see their actual bone structure when you scan them, and it's like it's just like I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It just seems weird.
2: It's like Halloween all, all year round. Right? Yeah,
4: yeah. It's like <laughs> you're, you're just shooting at these skeletons. It's just like it's like a horror movie.
2: Meg, you were gonna say something.
5: Immediate. I was just about to say I'm muted. um, I wasn't going to say something, but, uh, to like, oh, my speak bad. on that, no, yeah, I'm curious if, maybe that'll help with, uh, scanning for injuries, I don't know, you can see oh, it from yeah. a gun, right, like, this would show you where your injuries specifically are, this, <laughs> this certain, this current view, but maybe that'll help with medical stuff, um, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah I'm not sure, maybe I, they just haven't either. separated
4: the two, yeah, I think it was By Jade who was going to say something before, yeah, my bad, Jade. Yeah.
0: That you're correct. Uh, Yeah, so I was going to say I absolutely love this. And um, that was a very good point that Meg brought up that this is dual purpose. It's not just for combat. It looks like it would be for combat and medical. But what, you know, the whole thing about it being weird, it's a universe 930 years in the future. Some things would seem weird to us today. And Mm -hmm. I want that weird because otherwise it's too conventional. I like the fact that we have this advanced scanning that you know you would expect i mean right now the military has really advanced ir they have really advanced you know thermal and this looks like the natural extension of that over 900 years that you would be able to see something as detailed as somebody's bone structure i love it
2: cool all right, all right. so let's continue on with the video
7: Pretty cool, huh? We've redesigned the interface to give a smoother user experience. We've overhauled the visuals, as you can see, to make it feel more three-dimensional and holographic. This is actually a sneak peek of the UEE military glass we've created for Squadron 42. This version has a focused selection of apps, and we're going to expand on that when we bring the Glass to the Star Citizen Persistent Universe. We'll also have more of a smartphone feel in the PU with a wider range of apps. Okay, let's briefly talk about this home screen. It gives us an overview of our health, the environment, and even our ship. We can also check our mission objective. Okay, so that's enough about the Moby Glass. Uh, we've got some more really cool UI just around the All right, corner.
2: Okay, we, we can pause. So yeah, so they, they said that's enough about the norby guys. Well, what are somebody thought? I'm gonna try to pay attention to see who speaks first. <laughs>
0: Um, so I, I love the whole new layout of it. It's it's way more. The, the inf- there's information density without it being cluttered, right? So I think that's what they were going for. I also love, if you look at the bottom, on the far right of the bottom, there's a Galactopedia app, and it looks like mm. there's a notification And I can only imagine what that is. I think it may may be that you go to a location and then you get a notification that gives you some of the lore of that location. At least that's what I hope it is. Um, You know, I wish they would have clicked on it so we could see. I had one concern with this. And let me see here. Um, So with the current Moby Glass, when you open it up, it tells you a bit more about your environment. It tells you, like, what the atmospheric composition is. But in here, it looks like they've for lack of a better word, and I, I don't mean any offense to CIG, it looks like they dumbed it down to just saying breathable, and I, I would hope for people, you know, that are really into the geekiness of this game, like, what a moon's atmosphere is, you know, made of, I hope that you could get that information somewhere else in this, but I just don't see where, and I really, like, I really hope that it's not just breathable or not breathable. I hope they do say what the different percentages of, of you know, the atmosphere is, that's all. Oh, and the atmospheric yeah, pressure, which is important too,
3: for flight. Yeah, J- yeah. I was going to say, Jade, I noticed that as well, and my hope is that this military one is like, all right, well, we're outfitting people, we're telling them what to wear. All they need to know is breathable or not breathable, like all the stuff they need to know. Yeah. And maybe there, maybe there's an app on the on the PU side that allows us to go much deeper that we plug into our Mobi Glass. Um, it allows us to do a lot of things with regard to planetary uh, conditions and topography and atmosphere and everything else. Um, that's my hope is, and that that would be cool in that different people might want to plug in different apps to their Moby Glass and emphasize different things. So um, that 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 they didn't dumb it down broadly is is the right question and concern. But if they if they're doing it in a way where we can really go deep. And really customize Mobi glass on the PU side—that would be exciting too. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, p-
2: plug. Oh, real quick, you mentioned plug in? I was thinking maybe you can you can modify the Mobi glass and, and and like different modifications can can give you different readings. You, you can make it more simple or make it complex, or maybe they have different um, glass, um tiers that let you um, that, that that let you um ha- 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 have different uh, apps on it. And the Choven, thank you for the ten gifts. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you, the Choven.
4: Yeah, I was. So, um, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. How, how how you just said that, Jade? Because I've been playing a lot of uh, Starfield, and a couple of times I just like I would land on a planet and casually walk outside, and all of a sudden I'm choking, and I'm like, why? And I was so I go back in my ship, and now it's forced me to look at my readout. Scan the planet and say, what is the atmosphere like? What is the temperature like? And it really made the gameplay so much more interesting because I get the readout first and know how to dress before going out the door. And now that's my habit. And it's so cool how they did that. And I was like, oh, okay. And it's not just dumbed down. It's not just like breathable, not breathable. It's like it has this much oxygen. It has this much nitrogen. And I'm like, okay, I think that's breathable. I don't need my helmet. And it's, it just made the, the gameplay in Starfield so much more interesting. So I hope they, they carries over here into Starfield of, into into uh, Star Citizen.
0: Yeah. There was just one, one quick thing on this too, is right now we do get atmospheric pressure and right now our yeah. under the current flight model our ships do respond differently to different atmospheric pressure levels and you know that's gonna be even more so with control surfaces and all that coming in. So that is vital information to yeah. have if you're you know in a place
8: you're not
2: familiar with. Yeah, software. Thank you for the um, follow, and I appreciate that. I really like the, the, the how you how you did your name. That was that was cool. And yes, um, so I, I, this probably will be moddable or changeable because it, it, it is app based. So um, we'll have to see w- w- when we get it in, into our hand, but ho- hopefully it'll, it'll be easy to e- easy to modify. All right, uh, let's continue.
7: And to tell you a bit more about that is the very talented Zane Bien.
9: Thanks.
10: Throughout human history, as we have ventured towards the allure of the unknown, we have used cartography as a key component to help shape our understanding and make sense of the world around us. Without these systems in place to catalog our experiences and to chart our journeys, we are forever lost amidst our own environment, and we are just running around aimlessly. This is why it is super important that you, as citizens of our ever-growing, ever-evolving, persistent universe, are equipped with the tools necessary to make your ventures meaningful. So with that said, I want to show you something extremely, that I think is extremely cool. So Bone, our next objective is to go to the map kiosk and download a terminal.
2: When I go up, I want to be just like Jane.
10: Let's go ahead and activate it. What you see on screen, zoom out a bit. What you see on screen is a fully live 3D representation of the environment that we are in. Yeah, you can see this got the callouts attention. of the various points of interest. You can pan the map around, you can rotate it, and you can even cycle the floors that you're on to isolate the visuals of the floor that you're on. So our current objective, it's much more interesting if we can actually take this on the go. So let's download it to our data bank. As you'll notice, we now have the representation of the environment in in the upper left corner of our visor. Now, the thing that's really interesting to know at this point is not all environments will have such a convenient paid kiosk available. You may encounter rundown settlements, or you might come across a cave that no one else has ever set foot on before. What will happen in this instance is your radar will incrementally update your map, and it will incrementally reveal uh, your environment and save that to your databank. So you kind of reveal it incrementally. So the, this map, what we see in the upper left cor- uh, corner of our visor is not really just a map. What it really is is actually data. It's our radar and we can see contacts on our radar as we scan. And it's basically, uh, what we have available in, in, in stored in our data bank. So, because we have the, the location data saved to our data bank, we can obviously access that via our glass. So let's go ahead and pull it up in our glass because this is going to get really interesting. Bone. I would like you to cycle the f- between the different floors for us, please. So you can see this lurping transition between the different floors and marker callouts of our objective and also where we are. I would like to talk a little bit about the tech behind this. What you're seeing is not a pre baked asset. And I want to reiterate that because all of, our dy- all of our environments can be very dynamic, and they can change. They can take damage. Perhaps uh, economic shifts might cause changes in the environment. And we can't export uh, totally custom assets. Um, so what we've done is we collaborated with our graphics team to enable us to render the environment in this way. And what it is, is we're actually whitelisting objects that we render and excluding everything that we don't need to render. So in our level markup, we basically have the designers and artists mark up only the bits that are necessary for the map. This lets us have a, a very compelling visual, but without much of the cost. So, I think what we can do at this point what I want to show you is something very interesting so we might look around on this map and note down certain areas that might look interesting that we might want to revisit later we can see some doors on this map and v- these doors are various are, are entities that are called out on the map and they may change state. So there can be some doors which have a locked state, which they will display red. And doors that are open will be green. And there are other entity callouts that can happen in our map. So let's go ahead and find a location to, to put down a pin, please, Bone. Maybe that one. Maybe that Doris looks interesting. Press T. So what we can do is set a marker, and we can customize we can customize the details of that marker. Now what you'll notice as well, is as we set markers, there's metadata that is encoded into each of these markers on top of the customized name that we can specify. So we can mark as many markers as we want in this map, and these are all saved to our data bank. And we can sh- eventually share these markers, and even sell these markers on a on the market. So the thing about this, we can't really talk about markers without going without mentioning data running.
2: Okay, let's pause here real quick. So you Oh, yeah, so there's a lot of information that we just covered, I'm trying to get to a good point so we can talk about it. But, uh, yes, yeah, this got my attention when I was, when I was watching it at, the, at the Soul Citizen booth. So I was, like, looking up and, like, huh? I, I was, like, one of those uh, peri-animal stitches. stick took, took the head out of the hole when, when this came up. Uh, so, yes, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna steal everyone's thunder. Who, who, who wants to go first? T- talk about anything we just saw just now.
4: Yay, my MSR! <laughs>
3: I can start using it. <laughs> it does it does connote it does connote a whole set of gameplay. But in and of itself it's a game changer, right? Right. Um, it, it, it changes how we move, how we function, how we can connect. Um, it um, for me it's a reflection of CIG working very hard um, to avoid the Rocksteady and C D project red issues of living in the map, right? It feels like you're going to go to the map for specific purposes, and then get back to those beautiful lines of sight that are the Star Citizen universe, um, and that's that's difficult, right? Because you know when I played Arkham Asylum, you spent more time in detective mode, and you didn't even look at the game. And when uh-huh. you know when you're in The Witcher or you're in Cyberpunk, you're looking at the map almost as much, if not more, than you're looking at the vistas at the at the beauty of the game. And so I like <clears throat> to see them wrestling with that.
2: And
0: I Yeah, I was blown away when I saw this this whole thing because, especially you know, when they started talking about, um, I guess we'll, we'll get to it. Well, we sort of got to it about markers and um, being able to share markers, and for the racing community and for the combat community. I was just talking to people today about this, and they were, you know, saying how much of a game changer it's going to be for them. You know, people that want to set up racing courses now, we got to use mission boxes, and to have such a detailed um, map and to being able to share locations, um, it's going to be amazing. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this is a huge upgrade, a huge quality of life upgrade, and a, and a game changer, uh, you know, to use a cliche.
2: Cannot wait for it. Yeah, I mean, it, when I saw the mini-map pop-up, it was like, "Yeah!" I was just, I, I was, I was outside with, with, with the with Citizen booth, so I, I was, cheering along with the crowd almost simultaneously, so, sometimes you hear, you hear something that the crowd would cheer for, and, 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 and then you, you see it on the screen, so that was delayed, but I was cheering almost the same time, so I was, I was happy. But markers, you can save as many as you want, you can share and sell them, and I think, um, black and that how soon how long before someone thought selling starts citizen data for in real life money. I'm saying day one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would not be surprised if someone did that in the um, in the in, in the uh the, the the PU before before everything went live. So someone must find a way to to, to share it and sell it somehow. We, we, we'll see.
3: Yeah, I also hope that it's not just that terminals where we can get blueprints, right? I hope that there are blueprints out in the wild. Um, that there's there's a functionality player to player, um, and and uh, that there and an, an economy does emerge in game. Um, you know, there's going to be an economy out of the game. To your point, no, I... right? But I hope an economy emerges in game where you know the experiences I've had mapping out a cave. You know, I can sell that or give that uh to others um so that they can then check those things out you know all right well let's get back to the video
10: might specialize in exploration whereas perhaps a miner might specialize in the equipment and they may make investments in their equipment so you as an explorer might be in the business of going around and exploring and finding locations that are very valuable to other professions and the role of these markers are very important in uh, coming up with the data and um, yeah so it's very important we can cut basically when you name your markers you can you can make it as uh, um, maybe obvious, or you can leave it a mystery. So you'll have, uh, when you sell it on the market, you you could get rated for how accurate the data is. So the other thing is, we have a mission objective as well, and it would be very nice to be able to route to that mission objective. How do we get there? That is another purpose of the map, is basically navigating and, sh- and letting us know the way towards that objective, uh, towards a destination. So let's go ahead and plot a route to this objective. So we can see a line being drawn from where we are up the stairs to our destination and where we wanna go. So you will no longer be lost amidst all of our super complex environments. And what's worth Earth. mentioning at this, at this point, and what's really cool is this under the hood is actually utilizing another piece of tech, AI pathfinding. And so what that allows us to do is leverage other existing tech to basically, uh, it does all the heavy lifting, we just make it look pretty. So because of that, there are certain cases where the path might be blocked, it might have a locked door, or there might be a fire uh, that is in our way. The AI pathfinding will account for that. It will go through doors, it will handle elevators, and it will handle fires, lock doors, and it will just handle everything. So that is an example of sort of a piece of tech that we've leveraged under the hood to help us achieve this goal. So, One last thing we can do at the moment is we want to make sure we want to ensure that there are no more hostiles in our way as we make our way to our objective. So, what we can do is we could send out a ping. Bone, if you send out a ping, please.
2: Bone.
10: So, the scanning will also be represented in the map in the same in the same fashion as it is when you're in FPS. So we know that there's no more hostiles. Let's go ahead and make our way to our objective. As you can see in the upper left corner, we now have the route line represented, our destination, and the distance it takes to get there. As we traverse this path, the path automatically updates, and if you deviate from that path, it will recalculate the route you need to get to your destination. So there's our buddy, he's flying in. So we'll make our way up to the Carrick here, to the right. You'll also notice the pin that we've laid down, as well as our marker objective, hauled out on the map. And as you'll notice, as we head up the stairs, the floor will, be di- will dynamically change as you head up the stairs. If we can, if we can get past this first then. We don't trip up. So as we make our way into the Carrick, it's not just environments or caves or cities we can represent the ship on our interior map. And it's totally seamless as you transition between the two. So let's go ahead and pull up our mobi glass again and get a wider view of our ship. So we are now on the technical deck. But we can also see the other floors. If you traverse the floor's bone, just to demonstrate it, here's our cartography deck, down one, and our habitation deck. So you will have noticed from a previous presentation that this was very similar looking, right? utilizing our tech so not only will this benefit you as a player but it also benefits us as developers because we generalize them to
2: yeah, I'm I mean, I trying to find a great place to pause, but I, I don't want to get too far ahead. But yeah, no more getting lost in the starfire. <laughs> Anyone else? BBG, you said something, in and and chat I, I, I wanted you to want to comment on that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just, and others said it in chat as well. That CG is tremendously under, CIG is tremendously underrated for, for how they really work on the seamlessness of the experience, right? Um. We get, we get seamlessness, we get detail, we get depth with this feature, um, you know, and, you know, those that have seen the whole show know that this goes from the great and big of it all to the small and the detail. Um, but this tool is just tight. I love, um, you know, obviously, um, this, this character we can assume has been on the Carrick before. Uh, or has downloaded a blueprint of the Carrick. So that's why they have all the levels of the Carrick. Um, and uh, I look forward to being able to use this from my pilot or captaincy in the Starfarer <laughs> to not only navigate my Starfarer, but to to pay attention when, when people who aren't supposed to be on the ship come on the ship, that trespassing feature integrates with the map as well. So just very, very cool.
2: Yeah, something I wanted to bring up that they mentioned the previous presentation. I believe the pre- previous presentation was to r- repair um, presentation. How they had the the map of the um, ship and everything like that. So I believe that's what they're referencing when when it, when they when they mentioned previous presentation. But that pathfinding will help for NPCs. Hopefully, um, I'm I'm happy to see the, the floors will change when you go from floor to floor on, on, on a mini-map and map. That'll be really helpful. Uh, I, I'm not, I mean, quite a few games do that these days, but, you know, back in the day, it was all one continuous map, and, and so it's, 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 seeing a variation is really helpful. It makes it seem um, more futuristic and more immersive. I'm looking forward to that. Anyone else have any comments before we uh, continue? Okay. All right, let's go ahead
10: so that other developers can leverage our map to create compelling gameplay. So, other teams can leverage our tech, and we leverage the tech from other teams, and it's a circle of life, and I think that's just too cool for school. So, We've been talking about environments, cities, representing ships on our map, maybe planet terrain. These are quite, I mean, our our universe is quite big, right? That's only a small fraction of what our universe is. What if, what if, what happens? Have we have we tried this? Have we what happens if we just just take your mouse wheel and just zoom out a little bit? Keep going. Zo- keep zooming out all the way out. All the way out. Let's go, let's go. So it's not just the interior map. It's not just the radar. It is the map is one single unified system just across different scales. And I want, at this point, we are above Crusader, and at this point, I want to invite Emily Hansen onto the stage to talk about the map as seen at this scale. Thank you very much, everybody. Hi, Zane.
11: Are you ready for this? Fine, <laughs> do you want to click on the marker? As you all suspected, this is the star map. I'm so excited to be here today to reveal this to you all. I hope you're excited too. Now, I think we all know the current star map needed a bit of work, and we've done that. Now, mapping the universe is no easy task, but we've taken some big steps forward with this upgrade to make it so much easier for you to navigate the stars. Before we dive into the details, let's just take a second to admire Crusader's new look. Bone, why don't you take a look around? Much like the interior map, the star map is holographic. And this lets us add some cool interference effects and details to our planet textures. You can also see our improved player marker and that we're currently at Orison. The player and location markers have merged at this scale because they're so close together. The player marker takes priority, which is why the marker displays the player icon and color. By smartly merging with bigger points of interest at larger scales, the player marker always remains visible to you. You'll always know where you are relative to points of interest near and far. So is everyone ready to see more?
2: that for photo- the follow kind, right?
11: Bone, let's take the step-back button. That's the one on the right over here. So we can see, look, take a look at Crusader and all of its moons. Yeah, so here we are, Crusader, its moons, orbits. You can also see that labels have received a major visual update. Then our fully three D, and this gives them a really cool perspective. Most labels are aligned Thanks. to the galactic plane, and they rotate with the map. Bone, give the map a spin.
2: Thank goodness for the for the enhanced label. I, I'm going to really need that.
11: Can you tilt past the horizon, please? Cool. When we do this, the labels flip, so you can always read them clearly. Labels for city markers and outposts work a little bit differently. Bone, let's double-click on sell in now to focus on it. Woo! Surface labels face the camera and appear when they're in the central part of the planet, reducing on-screen clutter. Bone, want to show this in action? Markers on the far side of the planet fade out, so they don't take focus from the locations you currently care more about on the near side of the planet. Bone, can you double click on one of the points of interest? As we've selected this marker, its label will stay visible at all angles. So far, we've showed you that you can use buttons and double clicking to jump to objects you're interested in. But wouldn't it be nice if you could also freely zoom out and into locations? Shall we try it, Bone? Let's zoom out until we can see Crusader. We wanted to ensure you have freedom to move around, but this flexibility requires us to be really careful about how and when markers appear. Markers need to disappear when they get too small, but also stay visible when they're still relevant to your view. This isn't simple because objects in a solar system are vastly different sizes. Think about the size of a star versus a planet versus you, the player. You're kind of small compared to a star, right? Our solution is a technique we call cosmetic scaling. This allows us to draw a marker at its real size, when we are close to it, and artificially increase its size as we zoom out, until we reach the point where it collapses into larger points of interest in the hierarchy. You can see this in action here. There's no way Crusader and its moons are this size at this scale in reality. They've been scaled up massively so you can see see them. Bone, let's zoom out a bit more so we can see the moons disappear. You can also start to see Crusaders orbit line around the sun here. But before we go back, before we move on to that, let's zoom back in so we can see everything come back as we get closer. As well as zoom, you can also pan around the map unrestricted. Bone, feel free to have a quick look around. As we draw closer to a marker, the cursor automatically magnetizes to it. This ensures you never lose track of what you're trying to view when you zoom in. No more zooming in on empty space. Oh.
2: Thank goodness.
11: Bo, <laughs> let's use this technique to take a closer look at Yala. Never
2: heard of pronounced that way before, Yala.
11: The magnetic cursor does not require us to click on markers. Keep zooming in. Bone, can you keep zooming in? Thank you. You can see that the surface markers appear without us needing to select Yaler itself. Imagine how much easier finding that outpost will be now. Crusader, as you all know, isn't all there is, though. We've got a pretty big uh, universe out here, do you want to see some more? Yeah! Let's have a look at a location further afield. Can we just pan to Calliope maybe? Bone, let's give that a try.
2: That Calliope? Calliope? No, I'm kidding.
11: Yeah, uh, I think we're getting lost. Pretty sure we can all disagree this might not be the best strategy. So what can we do? Bone, let's try clicking on the middle button over here. This returns us to our previously selected marker. As I mentioned, oh, nice. we did not select Yala, so we've gone back to Selen. So now we know where we are. That's a step in the right direction, but we're still not at Calliope. So we need to find a different way. Bone, could you take a step Could you use the step back button until we can see the whole solar system, please? And there it is. I think Calliope is one of Microtech's moons. So if we double click on that bone, we should be able to see it. And there it is. Bone, let's pan to it, and then zoom in so we can see that magnetic cursor in action again. Can you zoom in, though? Thank you. It's so cool to see more of our moons and planets and how different they all look. OK, so this is great, but what if I hadn't already known where Calliope was? Surely, there's a faster way. We've got you. We've provided a drop-down that lists the points of interest in the solar system. Phone. want to expand it now? We're actively working on ways to improve the way this list is presented to you to make it even easier to find what you're looking for. And yes, this will include search functionality. But for now, Bone, let's use this to go to Ariel. (laughs) I absolutely love zooming around on this map. Bone, want to find Area 18 for me.
2: Cool. So
11: Area 18 is currently on the dark side of the planet, it seems. Of course, it's not just planets and moons. Bone, how about we take a look at security post Korea? It's quite a long way down, isn't it? This is where the upcoming search will really come in useful. Bone, want to zoom in a little and show off our holographic model of the station? Bone, can you also um, drop the drop down again, please? Thank you. As you may have noticed, the recent list in the drop-down populates as you click on locations in the list. It will remember your three most recent selections, so you can use this to quickly return to places in case you want to check something else again. Bone, let's use this to go back to Ariel. OK, so we've done a lot of exploring. I think it's time that we head back. We could do this by selecting Orison from the list, but we also have our own marker that we can take advantage of here. The eagle-eyed amongst you may have noticed that the player marker clamps to the edge of the map, keeping it visible to you no matter how far away you go. To get back to our position, we could double-click that marker, or we could click the first of the navigation buttons to zoom straight there. Now, I'm sure many of you have been wondering if we can go back to our current map from the star map, just like how we got here from the current map just a few minutes ago. So let's see what happens when we focus on our player marker. Go ahead, Ben. All right. So yeah, here's Icaric again. Being able to simply zoom between these map contexts lets you draw meaningful connections between what's on the ground and what's in the skies like never before. Bone, just for fun, let's zoom all the way back out so we can see the entire Stanton solar system. It's just so cool to watch the verse open up before our eyes. With all these new possibilities for moving around the star map, you should never find yourself lost again. The controls are so much smoother and easier to use than the star map you're all used to, as I hope Bone agrees. Knowing that what we've shown here today is just the beginning of the upgraded star map. You saw pinning Mm. in the local map, and we'll add this to the star map before you get it. Just imagine being able to mark something interesting you find out there in the verse and then sharing that location with friends, just like Zane said. Exploration is about to get a lot more interesting and we're doing everything we can to ensure the star map is your brightest window to the stars yet. And now, Let's welcome our Intrepid Demo Driver, Bone, back to the stage.
6: Thanks, Emily. Thanks a lot. So, we're really, really excited about getting all these features into your hands um, of the players of Star Citizen and Squadron 42. We know they're going to make a huge difference to the way you make your way around the universe. So let's just quickly review what we've seen. We've rebuilt the visor display to give you a better understanding of the environment around you, with the new minimap, with the integrated radar and ping, and it will help you find your way around. There's a new MobiGlass coming with its sleek new design. We're improving all the existing apps and we're gonna develop some new ones too along the way. So we've got a video now. And then, Desire our interior map technology, which will truly help you understand your surroundings. Better awareness of your surroundings and threats, Exploring new map and mapping new areas, pinning locations for later and sharing these with your friends. Or the Idris. Oh, that it's great. Or of Horizon, Horizon.
2: Oh, he said it both ways.
6: <laughs> He's bilingual. And of course, our entirely new integrated Star Map, with its new interface and, let's face it, a much-needed refresh to the user experience. No more getting lost. A whole new perspective.
2: No more getting lost. Challenge accepted.
6: Teachers, where will you explore today? Thank you very much. Cheers.
2: All right, so yeah, that is the end of that presentation. That is the in. Uh, we can try and get the name straight navigating the universe. So I have a bunch of stuff I want to say, but let's hear from the, the, uh, the panel first. Your, uh, anyone want to go first?
5: Can
0: I? I have, I have two yes, really please, quick go ahead. things. So um, on uh, Star Citizen Live on Friday, somebody in the chat asked about their ship. Like, would we be able to be able to see our ship on the map? And I think, I don't know. I don't know that it, um, Jared interpreted it exactly, uh, the way that it was intended. But basically, like, if you have a Carrick and you've got a Pisces and you want to go down to a planet or maybe go across the system, a lot of people, especially solo players, would love to see their Carrick, regardless of where they are in the system. So that, that's one thing I would like there to be on this. And I think, like, if you could just mark the place of the Carrick on it, that's a huge quality of life improvement. The other thing is people who played the Pyro Playground playtest we get these CMEs, and I'm thinking in the future, it would be amazing if CIG implemented some way to show space weather, because CMEs are directional, right? And it would be cool to see that, oh, yeah, one's headed to Monox, or one's headed to Bloom, and you, you know roughly where that CME is, see how fast it's traveling through the system to know when, you know, to take, cover, right? Take shelter. And the other thing would be dynamic weather, um, which CIG has mentioned in the past, since some of these planets are going to have weather systems and things. Seeing that would
4: be amazing. That's all.
2: Cool. Nomad, mad. you have something you want to say?
4: Yeah, uh, this uh, this map, this whole one map integration is fantastic. Um I, I was, I mean, as much as I was excited about server meshing and whatnot, this, I mean, I had almost forgotten how good this was because there was so much stuff and I'm so glad I'm watching it again. And I was like, oh yeah, the map, the map is incredible. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking forward to that. And like Jade said, it would be cool if I was like on foot on a planet and I could still kind of zoom into my ship that's elsewhere you know, and take a look um, and take a look at it. You know, I'm sure, I don't know if this, we're gonna be able to do that, but that would be a really cool thing to do. Um, And I think it might be necessary in certain situations.
2: Uh, this is my first time watching the video. I, I saw bits and pieces of it um, during CitizenCon. I was at the booth, but I was trying to read the clo- the closed caption or the live caption on my phone, so I didn't really re- retain much of it, but seeing it um, in the in whole now was um, a benefit for me. Uh, Charles DCI mentioned earlier that you can spend hours just playing around in the map. I did the same thing for the Arc Storm map when it came out in 2015. You, 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 I don't know yet. Yeah, BBD's directly there with me you, you can you could have spent um, You could have wasted a whole month, bunch of time just playing them on that um, thing So I'm imagining people have similar experience when it's when actually getting gang um, Jay you mentioned the notification at, at, at the bottom um, right before I was, I was thinking maybe that is a Update to, the, to 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 the map or the, or, or the direct period or something notifying something that you um had bookmarked and it's been updated. I, I don't know. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah, either one of those would be great.
2: Um, and also in Star Citizen Live, um, there was a question about a, a galaxy view beyond just the, the system view, and they said that it, that is something that they want to put in the game, but they'll have to see. I'm paraphrasing that. That's not the exact word, but yeah. Yeah, um, Yo-Yo, you have something you want to say? I'm um, Meg, sorry.
5: <laughs> Megan. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs>
2: hey, don't start that, people. Catch
5: on. <laughs> no, yeah, I feel like... One really another cool takeaway from this is that uh, that search bar drop down. I think that's going to be huge, whenever more systems are implemented. Like it's huge now, but um, whether that's like uh, you needing to know how to route, or like how long it's going to take you, or um, just planning ahead, trying to get from either system to system within the system, or just like new players trying to figure out where exactly they're trying to go. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what that. Looks like as more systems get added.
2: I am also happy with that, the, that they made the labels so clear and legible, mm-hmm. readable. Um yeah. that's gonna that's gonna be help help a lot. And the um, directions. maybe say it again.
5: Like the headings and directions, lat long, all that.
2: Right, mm-hmm. especially when when you change from top to bottom. Or yeah, I know the top no top and bottom is fake, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do wonder what is PT spec for the, for the use for the presentation because it's smooth, it's silky smooth Obviously, you know, it, it's a single service so it didn't have all the lag, but I do wonder What, what the PC spec they use for the presentation and the power demo. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna have to see if I can find that out somehow Um, yes, anyone else? All right, I think that's it. And yes, um, you'll never get lost again. Time get accepted. I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> all right, so let's continue on and go to all... Before we do that, before we do that, we do have one um, question in the Q&A, so I want to get that... because they talk about the the, the, pre- the previous presentation. I want to get that out of the way before we move on. But Poppin' face asks, do you think we'll have historical scanning, like for artifacts or more, for a mission? So historical scanning for artifacts or more. You think we'll have that?
0: I think it's the intent. I mean, if you go back to, you know, the homestead demo, more commonly called the sandworm demo, um hmm. you you see some of that in in that when they he he gets there and you know, you, you see that it was a place where this thing came down in a certain year when the javelin came down, right? So like that would be like a historic, I guess, a you know, historical scan. I think that's what he means. Like artifacts, you know, something that, that happened, getting more information on what happened in the past. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. That's I'd strange. love to see, I'd love to see a scan that carbon dates things. Ooh. Right. And lets us know how long it's been around, um, you know, measuring its carbon 14 content, right? Um, that yeah, that would be, that'd cool. be cool. You know, particular yeah, so, like, adhesion yeah, artifacts and, and new artifacts like that that we might discover. So that would be very cool.
4: Yeah, that would be that would be leading into uh, science gameplay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's so agreed. Um, by the way, if anyone else has questions, be sure to um, ask down below using the Eclipse um, token. So you can just ask questions, and we'll take care of them at the at the end of the next presentation. Speaking of the next presentation it's coming up let's have a look this is character advancement
1: hello there <laughs> hey everyone it's so good to see you all again in person thanks for coming out so i'm ian i'm the art director for star Citizen. We're going to kick off the first ever day two of CitizenCon by talking about some of the awesome work done by the character team. All right. So first, let's talk about life in a frontier system like Pyro and how this influences the character designs. So we wanted to create something unique compared to what we've seen in Stanton already. We want to give a wider visual palette and a feeling of historical age between the different solar systems. So this chart describes the fashion pillars for humanity. We can see where all suits, armors, and fashion items should belong. In terms of material use, manufacturing technology, and novelty. So you can see earth fashion on the left, terra fashion on the right, and frontier fashion right in the middle with a little bit of overlap of earth. So essentially, frontier fashion is function over form. They are repurposed and repaired and generally are misfits rather than sets. Outfits are purposeful by having storage solutions. This implies survivability along the frontier. Okay, let's take a look at some of these assets in the game. So hopefully you guys that played uh, Pirate Playground, you will have seen uh, a few of those assets being showcased. So as we saw from the video, pouches and storage are a key part of the Frontier aesthetic. This drives the feeling of survivability. But from here we thought it'd be really cool to give the functionality but also some customization options. So let's take a look at a video we just developed internally and this is for modular storage items on the player. Pretty cool, right? So I think this will provide loads of customization options in the future. We're super happy about that. So we also created some extreme weather costumes for frontier locations, and these also follow the same mismatched and repurposed design aesthetics. Now we've also been focusing on achieving a higher visual benchmark. So this is all driven by our new layer blend V2 shader and its uh, texture library. And we focus on more consistent wearing between zero and 100% values. So to showcase this, let's look at a quick example asset. So as we saw in the video, uh, the insides of the helmets are looking fantastic. Now this is us getting them ready to animate with put on and take off. So in summary, Frontier Fashion is expanding the visual design palette for humans, giving a more credible feeling of age and history when you travel across multiple solar systems. All right, now let's talk about something different. Now we're going to talk about some of the gangs in Star Citizen. So, Ninetales have been one of the main gangs in the game. So far... Yeah, Yeah.
3: Just before we get into the gangs, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this section. Uh, First, if you remember those axes that they talked about and where they located Frontier Fashion, Earth is straight up dissed on that chart. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that. But like Terra Terra is located in high and to the right, cutting edge and brand new, and Earth is like ancient technology and old scrap. I see now why the transitionalists want Terra to be the capital of the UEE. Earth is behind. Terra <laughs> is Earth. the capital of the UEE. <laughs>
11: <laughs> At
0: least well, by people's hearts, anyway.
3: Yeah, but well, Earth is Earth is old school and behind and low tech, and I just wanted to say that. And then that pouch technology just seems very cool. Hmm. Um, I can actually imagine that being used even in forward fashion and high tech fashion—a version of that. So that's that's cool that they developed that. That's going to be there That's all I wanted to say.
0: Huh. All right. Okay. part disappeared uh oh are you there well
3: it uh, he, he had enough of me
0: uh, oh no you, you want to say something though
4: man no it's the same way as fast oh i i don't
0: know <laughs> I don't but know. I'll, I'll 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 say something before he gets back um yeah i i was a little underwhelmed at this and it's not because what they did wasn't great like i, lo- I love seeing the whole thing and being able to attach pouches you know in different places and everything i guess it's more just this idea that frontier fashion is only utilitarian is only really um muted tones is only dirty looking is only basically i for lack of a better word kind of boring uh there's no 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 chances were taken the fashion there's like I'm sure these people would not want to be just at home in their work clothes, right? Like, it's got to be other things beyond it being, you know, here's my work coveralls or whatever. I'm going to wear them around the house. So I I don't know. I hope that they expand on this, and I, I think they probably will. That's all. We need cute clothes, exactly. That, thank you. We need cute clothes, and I'm sure people on the frontier wouldn't mind cute clothes too. They don't. They don't have to all be like utilitarian. That's all I'm saying.
7: Yeah,
9: t-shirts the, the and sweatpants.
3: Jay, right. I think. I think it's funny, Jay, because we can continue to imagine our life in the game,
9: mm-hmm.
3: and I think CIG, to your point, is starting with those with which we're going to do. The gameplay loops in the game. Yeah. And part of the gameplay loop for me, to your point, is sitting around my 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 house. <laughs> in, in right.
0: Craig, Craig on says Frontier is a harsh place. Maybe they don't worry about cuteness. Look at the old west and look at fashion in the old west. That's all right. I have to say.
3: Yeah. Some of it was more cutting edge than other places. That's right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Over a hundred and five
3: Yeah sorry go ahead. I was gonna say we can go forward.
1: Million have been taken out by you guys. (laughs) So you guys have been busy. Great job. All right. So it was like, all right, now we're going to need to introduce a few more factions to the game, okay? So the first faction we're going to talk about is Rough and Ready. So the aesthetic of the gang was to be subtle. They're understated in terms of clothing, and they almost blend into their environment. On closer inspection, you'll notice their tattoos. Uh, These signify rank and progression within the gang. Let's take a look at, at a quick video. I think they look absolutely fantastic, okay. So the rough and ready can be found in some of the space stations around Pyro. Now the tattoos, like I said, the tattoos form a progressive design. This illustrates the hierarchy within the gang. As a player, you'll be able to earn these tattoos and apply them to your character. Okay, cool. The next gang we're going to talk about is Headhunters. So this gang is also located in Pyro, but offers a completely different Frontier aesthetic. More of a Wasteland vibe with lots of personality, and this will translate into the behavior types. Now, this gang is currently in production, but let's take a a quick sneak peek. Okay, so cosplay competition next year. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. All right. (laughs) All right, so they're looking awesome. Now, the last gang we want to talk about is Dusters. So Dusters are a criminal gang specializing in mining-related crimes. Now, internally, I loved the the original Desert Nomad armor. You can see him here, right? Now, I wanted to use it as a starting point to establish the Dusters design language. So here we can see So here we can see the Dusters gang lineup showing armor leveling and rarity. So as a player, you'll have horizontal armor progression. This will define your role and playstyle. Then you'll have vertical progression. This is your progression within that role and playstyle. For example, a common bounty hunter armor set will be weaker than a legendary, and as armor progresses in strength, it's harder to acquire. So, harder missions, rarer drops, higher reputation. Now, as we're talking a little bit about armor sets, let's recap a little. So, the goal is that players should consider which armor to equip based on the role they wish to fill and the scenario they're heading into. There will be also greater differences between the current armor types. So light, medium, and heavy, and this will be in protection and mobility. New armor categories will be combat, specialist, utility, and support. And these will define the type of items that are quickly available on the slots of the suit. There will also be additional functionality to assist in your chosen role. A matrix Oonies, of armor roles, with each providing best-in-class benefits. There will also be hindrances to out-of-role gameplay. For example, if you're wearing a heavy armor set and you're trying to fly a, a little snip fighter, you'll have restricted visibility and less vehicle control. So in this scenario, like a flight suit armor type with resistance to milder G-forces would be preferred. Okay. So as we saw in Ali's presentation yesterday, hygiene simulates and tracks the accumulated effects of a character going unwashed for uh, any length of time. Poor hygiene can lead to disease. Lowered health and uh, snarky comments. Hygiene decays faster if a character becomes dirty or wears dirty clothing or armor, and visual effects are going to be displayed on the character's skin, such as blood, sweat, and dirt. Certain usables, such as a shower, will reset the character's hygiene and clean away all of those dirt effects. So uh, let's keep clean, yeah. Okay, so that covers a quick recap on sets and hygiene. Let's get back to a video showcasing the dusters. Awesome. So you'll be able to find the dusters scattered around various sterile settlements and wrecks in Stanton. And the dusters will be available Q4 this year. And with that, I'll hand you over to Sean Tracy. You guys have been awesome. Enjoy the rest of your show.
12: So I'm Sean Tracy, I'm the Senior Director of Tools and Tech Content here at Cloud Imperium Games in Los Angeles. So today I want to talk about Starcloth. And Starcloth was initially unveiled at a previous CitizenCon kind of in an early stage. So it's now rolled into full production and it's uh, used in both Squadron 42 and Star Citizen. So it's going to be seen on more and more assets like some of the great art that you just saw. So what's really cool about it is that it's unified with the physical world, whereas before, it wasn't unified and was based completely on character movement. Now, it's faster than the previous cloth setups, and in the end, it just looks a whole lot better. So today, I'm going to cover some of the tech, the pipeline, and we'll see some results. So let's get and see it in action. Cloth is hard. Guys have to run upstairs, they have to crouch, they have to prone, it's got to collide with the environment. And even more difficult, it needs to hold up in high-end cinematics. Got that one just before some good spoilers, so. Yeah. All right, so how does it all work? Well, cloth uses two meshes, a simulation mesh or cage, and the render mesh itself. So vertex colors indicate how it's constrained to that cage, and thus the simulation. So for example, black vertex colors indicate a full constraint. Basically, it follows the skinning. White vertex colors indicate unconstrained vertices. So the movement is determined entirely by the simulation. And then we can do a blend of gray values that is used for fine transitions and blending of fall-off in between the fully skinned and fully simulated assets. So in the end, These meshes are sent to the engine where we bind the cage to the render mesh and then tech artists can leverage some of the runtime tools. You can see up on the image that the sim cage mesh has about 5,000 triangles, whereas the actual render mesh is about 45,000 triangles. So it's obviously much more efficient to simulate the sim cage mesh versus just the render mesh itself. So Part of the technology is the runtime iteration support, which you can see in the image above me here. Uh, That's with all the red spheres. Here we're actually painting the collision radius of every single one of the vertices and it allows us to fine-tune the simulation without having to add arbitrary collision meshes, though we can. We paint a variety of properties, so some of these other properties are mass or displacement. In the top right, you can see an example of the old legacy implementation using pendulums. And this uses joint chains and collisions, but assets with multiple layers, like the one that you can see there, or ones like skirts or gowns, they were really, really difficult to do with pendulum simulation, but they are solved with star So. I mentioned it's completely unified with the physical world and what that really means is that wind impacts object collisions Thruster backwash all these kind of things actually react to the or the cloth reacts to these things and so much more So it's not just character movement Now it's a hyper-efficient simulation and it's several orders of magnitude faster than the legacy implementation that we used before and has a lot of easy to control parameters for tech art which are compression stretching and bending So as mentioned yesterday by Chris Rain, our senior lead physics programmer, we support soft-body tapered capsules, which are twice as fast as our ragdoll capsules. It's also key to solving one of the most important aspects of plausible cloth simulation, and that's mitigating the tunneling or the clipping that happens uh, uh, through a character. So it's very, very difficult to solve with pendulums. So with all this tech in mind, we can do really complicated assets like the duster and the one I want to show you now. So here, you're seeing about five different layers of cloth going on and self-colliding between each other. It's reacting to the planet wind, which is always changing. On the front, there's a big leather apron. So this one's actually a lot heavier and it moves a lot differently than the cloth on the back. So he's walking into the wind here. And in the end, as I mentioned, it just looks a whole lot better. So with that, I want to hand you off to my friend, Andre Pierce, who's gonna talk about hair.
2: Okay, let's pause here. Thank you, man. All right, quite a lot to get through. Uh, who had? Oh, Jade, do you want to m- m- make a comment on this anything?
0: Nope, I've had my stay. Thank you.
2: Okay, I, I see. I see that you're unmuted. BBG, go ahead.
3: Yeah. So, what's exciting about what we've seen, and it's a lot that we've seen, is that not only are we going to be able to, you know, when it when it comes to the gangs and things like that, be able to see these things and identify like almost rank within the game. But it looks like what they've established is an opportunity for us to, if we build reputation to undertake those ranks. And I wonder how far they're going to take that. Right. Mm. Like, um, if I max out my rep with rough and ready and I get fully tatted, um, can I begin to direct rough and ready activity. Right. Um, Is it just the types of missions I receive, or am I going to be able to uh, actually inform the activities and direct gang members, right? So I'm very interested in that, whether it's Rough and Ready Dusters or anybody else. um, That reputation system and how we can participate in it is gonna be very interesting to me.
2: Okay. Yeah. The, the unwashed masses the um gameplay of, of hygiene taking place that's going to be interesting because <laughs> not making us say that <laughs> but it, yeah, it will geez, be interesting wash your ass <laughs> <laughs> Stop reading my mind. <laughs> gonna to try to be good. No, but um, yes, uh, something else. Someone mentioned Sean titles. He had quite a few titles. Um, I'm not sure if he was there in 2012, but he was close to um being with CIG since the beginning. So yes, he had quite a few titles, and this is just his latest one. But I think uh, Sean he de- he demonstrated um talk that wasn't called star class back then. I want to say in 2017 or 2018 might have been 2018 that's right, when, that's right. yeah 20 so this is not the first time This is not the first time that they, they they talk about cloth, but it, it had you know it, it's nice to see that it's been iterated on and, and, and having an update on it so yeah i thought that was a um a, a nice throwback for them
3: and it was another data point that we saw across all the, both days where stuff being implemented in squadron 42 was coming to us right they're showing you really admiral bishop in his in his trench coat looking like future Nick Fury, right, whatever.
2: And... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch the original 2016 trailer and compared to what they showed today and see what the differences are. They're probably, I mean, it won't be, like, drastic changes or anything like that, but, you know, seeing the minor changes or seeing the higher fidelity for drink um, would be interesting, so I'll do that well, later.
3: I, and when you put on, you know, I have, I think it's a... Uh... I can't remember it was 2949 or something like that. There's a, there was a trench coat, top hat, and an eye monocle that we got for a Citizen Con back in the day. And when you put that trench coat on now, sometimes the quote-unquote cloth physics are really whacked out. Right? Mm-hmm. Where the, the bottom of the, the coat does not move correctly. Uh, and mm-hmm. so for them to show this new iteration, uh, I think, is speaking to that and, and taking it to the next level.
8: All
2: right. I think we can c- continue on. This is Andre Pyrrhus, we're the uh, lead hair artists. so let's continue.
8: Hi, hi everyone, so nice to be here in L.A. with all you guys, so I, I want to start with a question, okay? How many of you are actually excited that we're getting new hair into the verse? Yeah! All right. I am. Alright, so... I'm Andre. I'm the lead artist uh, in our recently formed hair department. Uh, We branched out from the character art team and created this department. Uh, And it's a pleasure to be here today with all of you uh, and tell you that we're damn proud of what we achieved. Uh, It's been a long road, but uh, definitely worth it, okay? Now, we're going to start by just looking at the most impactful changes that we have uh, in our workflow. Okay, a bit of a technicality part. Then you're gonna get to look at the benchmark assets we have created, okay? And from there, we're gonna take a glimpse into the future of what uh, hair could be in a, with a more diverse hairstyle where we're trying to run away a little bit from the um, military look uh, that was driven mostly by what Squadron 42 was uh, So because we did a lot of work for that as well. and um, And yeah, from there, As a last note, I'll have a special announcement for you guys, okay? Um, Don't want to spoil it, but you stick around, you're going to love what what we have, okay? So, first thing I want to touch note, very simply, okay? Here for games, is hard. It's really hard. Oh, by the way, did I tell you these are actually game-ready assets in the persistent universe? Fully rendered in our engine. Okay, game ready, performant, ready to be shipped. Okay, so uh, hair is really hard. Like I was saying, it is a triple A challenge. Basically, um, you see games that get it, games that don't. Uh, some of them get it more or less. Uh, either way, uh, for us the challenge is the same. We're not different, and the challenge is real. With the scope of star citizen, like. Day-night cycles, all these light shafts, all this uh, MMO people running around with the hairs, a lot of motion, a lot of fast-paced movement. Um, yeah, it is hard. But the best thing is, we have arrived. Okay, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It doesn't end here. Okay, yeah. It does not end here. Okay, it's the nature of CIG. We just um, keep pushing the boundaries, but. Uh, like I said, we're really proud of what we're showing you here today. So let's dive in what we made all this possible, okay? On a, high, on a high note, on a high level, basically, a successful hair requires three fundamental elements, okay? There's the texture, there's the placement, and there's also the shader. If one of these elements fails, all of them do, okay? So it's basically, you can have a great texture, great placement. If your uh, shader is wrong, no go. Really. Uh, And the same if the texture fails or if the the placement fails. So really vital, really important that that everything works together. But the good thing is, by breaking down the hair into these three parts, it also allows us to actually go deep into each of them and uh, push the quality up. Or like Chris Roberts would say, bring the high fidelity, right? (laughs) So um, on the texture end, there was a lot of changes. what you see on the top there, the common approach of a AAA game would be to have true black, true white on a transparency map, a bit of taper on the um, on tips and roots, and, and call it a day. That's what happens in 99% of the games. Now at CIG we went a bit further than that. We tested all the thicknesses that were actually um, reasonable to test, of course, and um, we came to a realization, the hair doesn't need to be thin enough, it just needs to look thin. We do need it to be thicker enough, thicker than real-life hair, because if you take one of your hairs, you'll see it's it's really thin, right? So it does need to be uh, renderable. That means if it's really thin, it will be sub-pixel rendered. At some point, with the motion and all that, we will get a lot of artifacts. And so that would be a no-go. We do need it to be thicker than in real life. But can we make it look thin? That was the question. So we came to the realization that from here, or from scalp to hair and from hair to the background. So these two points, the transition points, are the most important ones for the hair. So we aggressively tapered the tips, which is what you see over there, and added a gradient to it. So no longer true black and true white. Now, this is a lot of technicality. You will see practical examples of this, but that allowed us to have smooth transitions and basically achieve the result we expected. On the placement side, We came up with hair hair libraries, basically. Now, I could be here all day talking about hair libraries, okay? Because I'm a very technical person. And if you see me around the venue, feel free. I'm Andre, you can just come and talk to me about this. I'm not going to bother you all that for for one hour about this. But I'm going to give you a very quick example that you all can relate. So imagine in real life, you have a construction business and you could make one wall, one roof, one one, uh, floor and one window. You make it all work together, and from there, you're not only building your house, you're actually building the whole town, and then the whole state, and then eventually the old universe, right? That's what air libraries are. Obviously, the result, if you could do that, it would be much cheaper, much faster, and above all, you wouldn't have a fruit salad of assets, which was what we had in the air not too long ago. Yeah. And by fruit salad, fruit salad. I mean... Several artists, working through the years, each one of them applying their own uh, workflow. Everybody's at different levels of quality, of course, different minds, different ways of seeing the same problem. So, at the end of the day, um, fruit salad, right? And we wanted uniform quality, so for that, air libraries are a great solution. We also decreased the time of production of hairs. So, it was taking us 20 to 40 days to create one hairstyle per artist, okay? Right now, it's <coughs> going from like three to five, seven days per hairstyle, which is that great news. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that, that was a major achievement. <laughs> cool. So hair libraries are just a thing; we love it. It's not just picking up a texture and putting it there. If you do that, like, you need to actually see the, the, the scope. Gladly, we have some of the best artists in the world on here working with us, so uh, we managed to achieve this at the scope that we wanted. Now, on the, shaders, on the shader side, there was plenty of changes as well. Some of them are very techy, very very cool as well. I'm going to run through fast uh, through some of them so you can guys can understand the scope of what we're dealing with. But um, let's just understand, like, at bake time, so bake time is prior, to runtime, runtime is where the game runs, bake time we're, we're preparing the asset to actually put it in the engine. At bake time, we calculate the custom normal and we store it per vertex. So each vertex gets a custom normal. That makes, in a practical sense, for those who are not too technical, it basically makes the card, the air card, not look like a card. So the normals is help with the way the light reflects. We kind of do more smoke and mirrors on it and make it look not like a card by just baking it that way. Now, on the ambient occlusion, we store two two baked ambient occlusions onto the color channels of the vertices as well. Now, each vertex on a mesh in any game has a color to it, okay? You might use it or not. Imagine in a car, you have a trunk. You can use it or not, it's up to you. You It's not silly to use the car without using the trunk, of course, but if you have luggage, you can put it there or in the back seat, wherever you want. Now we decided to use this because it was free. The trunk was already there so the vertex collar was already there and we just decided to store two ambient occlusions on it. These two ambient occlusions work this way. Light hair, like a blonde hair, obviously needs more shadowing or less shadowing than a, than a dark hair, right? And so we store two. The length of the card is now baked onto the last one and that gives us a metric Of where the card starts and ends and allows a lot of cool things you're gonna see on the videos I'm about to show. So, one last thing before we can start looking at videos is that, and this is really creative, total credit for the people, for the tools programmers. Uh, I personally had nothing to do with this, this was already at CIG when I joined. It's absolutely amazing. So, we have an hairstyle that was ready that you can see over there. And we have a hair cap. An hair cap is basically a mesh on top of the character's head, which is invisible, transparent. It is, it's, it is just, just there. Sometimes we use it for shadowing. That thing has an UV. And so we project the hair, or where the hair starts, onto that UV and gives us that image that you see in the middle, right? And so we now have a 2D space that relates to a 3D location. Meaning that if I want to have hair like mine, which is white on the sides and dark on the top, I could just paint this part and get it white on one side and then dark on the top, which is. An insane advancement, if because cards normally are stacked on top of each other. So when an artist is placing cards, if you paint one card to make it white here, well, it's going to be stacked on top of the other and you're going to get spots all over the place and no control over it. So this allows us to give control. And what you see on the last image is the possible result. For example, now I can paint one side of, the, of my 2D representation of my 3D space and get this possible result, which is pretty amazing. So. Next video we're gonna take a look at our tools. Okay, this is not the way it's gonna be exposed to you guys in the character customizer. You will know more about that later. Okay? This is the tools we use to we can label so we are able to actually create the airstyles. So let's take a look at this video. Don't
2: forget if you have questions, feel free to ask. Please, thank you for the raid. Welcome Raiders, we're coming here at one time presentation at the moment. but welcome.
8: I am very happy to be you here! You have the full range, so you can go for full white. The melanin ranges, so realistic ranges. Fully white up to black.
2: I am very happy to be here!
8: Obviously, you can go redhead as well. get out of the way you also have the dive feature where you can see all the things we talked about implemented you can go a bit more wild on this
2: I'm gonna talk over this. When you mentioned melanin value, I had a whole completely different thought. I'm not not the master, y'all. I'm not the only one. Thank you.
8: I like that. That's the mechanism of action. Melanin basis is stored in those vertexes. and obviously you can fade it as well as much as you do. So all the possible combinations between the realistic melanin ranges and the dye layer. Okay. This is how the occlusion is working, so you can see these shadowings creating more negative spaces, more structure to the hair. And if you look at the temporal line here, you can see how this pixel depth set helps us with the transitions as well. Cool. By the way, did I tell you these are actually uh, game-ready assets ready to go to PU?
2: They do look good, I gotta do that they do look good.
8: So, now that we understand a bit better how the hair is working, that's why the boring part uh, that I told you just before, uh, you can examine uh, these images with a bit more of an informed opinion. That is basically the example. Now, that's all very exciting, uh, but we want to show you hairstyles that are actually in Star Engine and working. Uh, So, that's the video we're gonna take a look next, okay?
2: Again, we could probably talk over there after we have anything you want to share
3: It's it's clear that they have arrived in terms of a methodology that they're satisfied with. Um, you know, my hope is that, you know, and I think Abdi, Abdi, who was uh, on the total team, said it correctly. The excitement that people were feeling when he was like, "This is a game-ready asset for the PU." That's a game-ready asset for the PU. Um, you know, not everybody got uh, hairstyles that represent them that were game-ready, right? So my open and, t- and and Silo and others made it clear that they acknowledge that there's still work to do. My hope is that um, we, we can we can be just as excited, right? Um, that, that that Megan can be just as excited. <laughs> you asked
2: for it.
5: <laughs> no, yeah, I'm pretty sure that there are a couple of hairstyles already, in they—they're in pyro. I'm—I'm. I'm, I really want to say I'm 100 sure about that. I saw the uh the ponytail one that we already saw a couple seconds ago. It looks okay. So good compared to the ones we're using.
2: Dsat, thank you for the 10 gifts, up. Uh, appreciate it, thank you, everybody, thank you, I, you really got one, say thank you to Chat. appreciate it. Right. So, they went from right. to thirty days of doing these, to 2-5 two, two to five days, I think that's impressive, you going to say something?
5: Yeah, I was that bowl cut that we just saw, uh, I compared it, like I pulled up that screenshot right, uh, and compared it to what the world looks like in live right now. Night and day difference. So like, even like the ones that we already have are going to look so
2: much better and um, then well. I mean, it's like the man said, hair is hard, right?" But look like it's getting easier for them.
3: Yeah, and, I mean, and, and he's and he's right when he says some games get it and some games don't, right? Right. And and we want to be one of those games where people go, no, this is (laughs) Star Citizen gets it. Right. So yeah, I was, I was really appreciative of that. And like I said, you know, he's been, he's been doing asset development for a decade and a half all the way back to Second Life, right. And Linden Labs. And uh, just another example of the quality that we bring to the table. I do think that they probably need somebody who's really, really into uh, black and brown hair, black and brown people's hair. Uh, to join the team at the same level as these other folks and their expertise. You know, uh, Dell Walker, who did hair for Rocksteady, who now does it for Naughty Dog, um, is an example of the, the quality that I think we need on the team
8: to support Andre in this work.
9: Mm.
8: Great, right, guys. So I can see by your feedback that you, you, you really enjoyed the dive, so. I'm gonna try and direct things that way next time. <laughs> Pretty cool. Okay, yeah, these are game ready assets as well. Now, like I promised you, um, we're trying to make this diverse and get away a little bit from this type of style you just seen now, which is a bit more military. Um, and for that, we'll have the next video. Now, I it's important question. for you to understand if there's any 3D artists, oh, character artists, to pause? Artists, yeah.
9: Um.
5: So with, with how they're working on these things, like, uh, sorry, if what what is is this called star hair, or is this not called anything? It, I'm, um, I'm not sure
11: I
2: if it's official like star hair. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think I'm it's just, star hair. I'm,
5: I'm curious. Be like that. <laughs> <laughs> before they do, um, yeah, I'm curious, um, because like, uh, I know this is, I think later, I don't know if we already talked about it, but them, um, talking about how they lost a bunch of the the alien artists when it came to, like, the band Marchman and stuff like that. I'm curious if them, re- like, starting this over and getting a bottom line, like, um, a-, a starting ground to hair, if even though we might lose people in the future just because of, like, real life stuff, um, if we can still move forward and not be stuck, like, oh, like, how do we how do we do this? Like, we lost everyone who knew everything about this. Um, I-, I-, I don't I know. My question is, I guess, like, yeah, like, do you think that's what, that's what they're doing? I mean, it's, um,
3: it's the right question to ask after the setback of the Banu Merchantman because human beings left and they didn't leave us the, enough of a design, breathe and methodology to, 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 for people to step right in. I think in, in entities like this, you're always going to have that tension, right? Because not everybody's going to build out a perfect design book that somebody else can step into. And lots of people just have talent, right? And when that talent leaves, it, it, it's difficult. Uh, CIG's job yeah, I think is to incentivize in such a way that people want to stay and they can see career development within the entity, right? Within the. only or at least
2: stay until the, until the project is is complete. Hopefully, right. but yeah, but I mean, right. this is the game industry. People do come and go. It's, it's not anything new or not special to to CIG. Um, it it happens. So, you just gotta roll with it somehow or try to minimize the the, the, the impact it has as 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 low as possible, if possible.
3: Right, No, different different entities are better at having systems in place for that than others, right? And we just want CIG to be at that, that one end of that. And hopefully they took measures around what happened with the BANU merchantmen uh, to, to broadly engage on that. Eric Kyron Davis is the uh, global head of HR, as I understand it. Um, and that's something that, you know, when you think about human capital and human, human talent, somebody needs to be thinking about that strategically. So let's hope
2: that's happening. Yeah, hopefully they, 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 they picked up some lessons, so if it does happen again, it, it won't be, have a big effect, but we'll have to see. All right, let's continue.
8: There, you will know. Some of the hairstyles you're gonna see next are some of the hardest things you can do in, in for games. In a practical sense, if you can do what is gonna be shown next uh, and render it at 60 frames per second on an MMO, you can do pretty much anything, okay? It's, a, it's our glimpse into the future of what type of diversity we want to achieve. Uh, we're not only going for this style, but just showing you that if this style is one of the directions, then the full range will come. I hope you enjoy.
2: I'm gonna talk over this part because the, when they showed the previous part you could tell by the music when, when, it, when it was ending and, I, and you know me and Griffin was sitting back there okay are they gonna show something are they gonna show something and they didn't show anything but, the, but, but when they did this part we, we felt relieved and Maiden Eliana thank you for this raid welcome raiders yes we're covering a hair presentation from CIG at the moment so you welcome and sit back. Um, anyone have any comments about, uh, oh, BBG, I'm, I'm going to ask, I, I call on you because you, you, you tweeted out something about this. And I, I thought that was um, pr- 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 pretty relevantly helpful. d yeah, thank you for the subscription. Thank you for the 10 subs. appreciate it.
3: Yeah, I think when, when Andre, before he plays this video, you know, he's doing a little bit more stuttering and hesitation than he does throughout the whole presentation because he, he recognizes that that black and brown hair is hard, right? Um, for me, um, we wanna support CIG in getting started. We wanna give them great feedback. We want them to end up where we want them to end up. So we gotta tell them, you know, this is, this is okay. This is, this is getting started, but this is not where we need to be. And in fact, these, these styles um, don't have the curl nuance uh, of, of the many textures of black and brown hair. There's a lot more curl to it. This is sort of like, um, you know, a little bit more like how, uh, white people might present black hairstyles themselves, but, you know, in the end, we were, I was very excited with CIG saying, we, we know we're not there, um, and we're working on it, right? And that's really, in the end, all you can ask, right? Um, because, um... You know, and and Yo Yo, you might have more to say on this, but but you know, these styles are interesting, but these are not the same as as being fully representative. of so let's say your hairstyle,
2: right? Oh. All right. I think I saw. Well, I think I saw Jade on me before, Yo. Know, but you know, Jade, you had something you wanted to say?
0: Yeah, uh, no. Uh. Not really. But other than they need to expand their texture, uh, like not not um gaming textures, but hair texture library when they showed when he showed those different um hair textures i was thinking yeah that's a start but you know this is not where you you end hopefully
2: okay yo yo you took off your hoodie the, 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 the hood i i could tell you, you you're willing to go go for it
5: no i mean y'all said everything basically i mean they did say that this is a glimpse into the future so very hopeful that it's coming i mean if it was hard to get to this point now, then surely it's going to be like that much harder, if not more, harder to get to um, our hair types and uh, other ethnicities' hair types. Um, so yeah, I guess we just got to be patient. But it's cool to see that it's it's definitely coming. Definitely I, I don't coming. I don't doubt at all that it's it's on the way. If not like already in the works, um, they just don't want to give us a, a half okay. baked. Okay. I think I hear people say half baked product, which is everything we want, no? So, yeah, very <laughs> excited.
2: Yeah, quick Roberts is not half baked, that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue.
8: Let's continue. Okay. Depending on the live conditions and stuff. But there is no tricks here, this is actually how it looks. Uh, and that's why we're really proud. Like I said, it doesn't end up here, okay? We're pushing this forward, this is just to replace the stuff that was there, I'm pretty sure you guys were tired. Nobody at CIG was happy with what we had, uh, I can assure you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as an, art, as an artist, right? So, but it, we finally arrived. now. We've seen all this. Uh, what does this mean in a practical sense for you guys? It's, uh, it's the question you may have. Well, let me tell you really fast. We made over 75 hairstyles since like six months ago. On the last six months, we made 75 air styles. That is a lot. That was possible with all the changes we made. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great achievement. Now, we cannot hand them all to you right now. It is it's, ver- it's very simple, it's very simple. Uh, it doesn't end up here at the, at the artist's end, okay? After this there's a tech art pass where they need to skin it, they need to make it work with hats, with goggles, with everything that needs to work, right? So it just takes, it's a process that takes time, but we wanted to have a certain amount, a quantity that would be enough to replace all the stuff that is there, give you enough variety for you to start, and that's what we're going to see next. Now. It also tells you, tells you when are you getting it. So, as a last note, I'll leave you with this video, and next Forrest will come here to talk about this stuff. So, let's take a look at this, guys. This is actually what you're getting into the view.
2: They changed hair in like 2017. I was kind of disappointed. I, did, I, I thought the old hair looked, looked better, but now this hair is much improved. So I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah.
8: So before the year ends, you're all going to get to enjoy these hairstyles. It was a pleasure to be here yeah. with you today, guys, and see you in the bus.
5: Yeah, defi- there was definitely a couple in, in Pyro for sure. I
13: bet they were just testing. Another round of applause for Andre and getting new hairs into the game.
5: There were.
3: I can't wait to put new hair on
13: my character, I'll tell you that. And for Ian and his awesome character team and the amazing characters they showed us earlier. Absolutely fantastic. I'm going to run through this. We don't have a lot of time. I'm going to talk to you about character heads. We've talked about hair, we have talked about outfits. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the heads and our pipeline and getting us from the actors that we hire to do the photogrammetry all the way to the game characters. So we have a DNA pool expansion and customization I'm gonna be taking you through. We got we made a data-driven pipeline for adding new heads. That looks so what so is a DNA yeah. pool? DNA pool is just a bunch of heads that we put in the game. That way you can modify the ears, the nose, the chin, the mouth, and you could interpolate between all the different heads a DNA pool. We want to expand the pool and allow for more selection and range. So we scan 60 new heads for our DNA pool. 60 new heads. 50
2: new heads. process them
13: internally. These look better than We also add customizable facial features, skin tones, complexion, makeup layer on top, revisited the eyes. These characters look new and they look great. (laughs) Moist eyes. (laughs) All right. No one complained about that anymore. There's the 18 (laughs) heads right there, but that wasn't enough. We need more. That is our new pool. More (laughs) heads. Yes. Very exciting. Right now in the PU, when you're playing. See that center row, you get nine females and nine males. And now we get all, we're going to be getting all these characters for Squadron and the Persistent Universe. How do we do it? Well, we partnered with Clear Angle over in Pinewood, London. And they have this thing called the Clear Angle Dorothy Scanner. The scanner improvements allows us to get shoots done in four weeks of sessions, custom-coded flash, that just kind of does it automatically, all calibrated in seconds. Our old, To give you an idea, our old process for doing this took hours to calibrate. This thing does it in seconds. Talk about state of the art. Average of four scan actors per day now. We used to be doing one. What this means <clears> to <throat> you is we can get you characters faster. We can get you new heads faster. Polarized image data resulted in improved spec, blah, blah, blah. Those are awesome texture maps that we could put on the head. That way, we could render them, make them look really good. Photogrammetry captured in raw images at 8K texture map resolutions, hyper-accurate scan results. Now, close your eyes if you're a little sensitive to light. This is the process we use to get the pictures, to build the photogrammetry, to calibrate the cameras.
7: All
13: right. So, there we got, so we got some characters here on the screen. Those are all built using all these things that I've briefly mentioned. I want to talk to you a little bit about skin tone though. Skin tone's tricky because we want to apply it. We want to be able to customize it. We want you to have the ability to do whatever you want. So what you see is some really weird looking characters. We see a head with some yellow. Yellow's good in this case. What we're trying to do is we're trying to find the average skin color. Once we find the average skin color, we can figure out what that skin tone is, and then we can apply it. The blue means it's further away from the average skin tone. So when you apply your skin tone, it has less influence, keeping those high details, keeping the color, the the blemishes, the imperfections. That middle one, that whitehead, that's where we get once we've extracted the data. It's now ready to apply the skin tone, which you see at the end.
2: and this is really impressive.
13: All right, so here's a little more detail what I'm talking about. We knew that we were gonna get a pool for these heads, this pool of all these different awesome shapes, noses, ears, lips. But now, with what we're doing currently, you can see that we have calibrated all of our uh, source photos of our actors. And with that, we could figure out exactly what they're supposed to look like. And then once I extract and do the average thing, I'm able to get a value. And that value translates into a skin tone. And that skin tone translates into a chart that you can customize your character with. And what's great about this is as we grow our pool and we get more heads, we get more skin tones. So our skin tones aren't based on, you know, whatever it should be. What should it be? What does it look like? These are real data. These are real data that we get from these incredible clear angle scans and the incredible tech that is written by uh, our staff. And the skin tone will grow along with our head data and along with our heads. And there's an example of me just applying it and showing that in practice. And now here's another look. Here's a couple more characters that I put together with this stuff. A mustache. And here's what's great about that. I did that with our brand new character creator, character customizer for Squadron 42.
2: Is that called a star creator?
13: Every head you see in here, which will also be applied to the Persistent Universe, so all heads Starface. are in the verse. And as you can see right here, here's a little scene I put together using the Don't outfits, so okay. using the hair, using the skin, using the heads. And I did that all with a new character creator. And here to show you that, it's a live demo of the character creator. I'm going to bring back my good friend, Sean Tracy.
12: Thanks, buddy. it's me... oh. awesome. Alright, so what's this all mean to you guys? Let's show ya! Time for live demo! Alright, so I want to welcome you to the bio- Biotic Corp Calliope Machine.
2: Calliope. That's a mouthful. Biotic Corp Calliope Machine, okay.
12: Alright, so here you can see we've got the- whoa. I'm getting I'm getting feedback. You can see we've got two body types that I can select from at any point in time. So we're going to start in right away. Now, you might recall how the character creator currently works. You would have a whole bunch of source heads from our DNA pool. We would select one of the facial shapes, and then we'd blend it up or down, depending on how much you wanted that certain facial shape. Now, this was pretty good. But it's not the most intuitive of systems, so instead what not. we wanted to come up <laughs> with was a much more intuitive way to control this, and what we've now introduced is Sculpting Mode. Oh wow. So. It's quite interesting to know what's going on behind the scenes. And this wasn't an yeah, easy problem to badass. solve. But our animation programmers and tech artists and everybody came together and they figured out a way to basically make it so that from the DNA pool, we are making a selection based on what you want out of it. So it's going on between all the different options. Now, I'm going to start making some changes here right away. So I want to wind up the nose. You can see that it's all very intuitive. It's fast to use. I'm going to make the lips a little bit bigger here. There we go. Something like that. I think that looks pretty good. I'm going gonna to take some the brow people 6 and hours going to create created
3: some people Now we me. can
12: adjust the eye shape. We can go more <laughs> almond eyes. We can go more oval. We can have a heavy lid. You know, I can find a whole bunch of different options within here. So here, we're starting to look pretty good. I want to give him a little bit more of a hero chin. There we go. I'm liking that. Yes. Uh, That's cool. All right. So not to spend too much time on that, I want to show you some of the other features. And speaking of features, we go to our skin tone. So finally, you're not just selecting a preset skin tone. You can move through the whole gamut of the lookup table. And this is melanin and hemoglobin at the same time.
2: Now I use model.
12: So at the very top of it, I've got a texture slider. So instead of the whole head sort of selection, we can go between all the different textures. Now, like Forrest mentioned, we're going to have thirty of these for uh, one body type and thirty for the other body type. So here I'm kind of like in. Uh, what am I like? Oh, I like. Yeah, I like this one. So here, and I'm just gonna set a skin tone that I kind of like. Something like that. That's cool. All right. So the next step in our skin tone is the complexion, and complexion we've added freckles.
2: All right, here you know, there's gonna be like 20 styles coming in 322 with so more here with, I'm the, just with the rest coming in, later. And
12: I'm blending out the amount of freckles. Now I've cranked it all the way to the top just so you guys can see it. But for my character here, I'm going to keep it kind of subtle, like this, but quite a few of them, something like that. Uh, we've also got sunspots. Now, this is, you know, a little more weathered skin will give this sort of look. And we've got a whole bunch of different blemish masks planned for you guys, whether that's sunspots or liver spots or anything to that effect. Now, I'm going to give this guy kind of a weathered look because I think the skin tone looks pretty cool like that. Yeah, I'm digging that all right so next up eyes so no longer do we have the green and the brown just the, the full selection you've got a full rgb chart of what you want to select so if you want to have bright green eyes if you want to have hazel eyes if you want to have blue eyes if you want to have any of these eyes this is all you very get different colored eyes you get different nice. colored so eyes so again, everyone get different we can go with sort of a steely blue, which I'm digging for this skin tone. Uh, <laughs> I quite like that look. That's cool. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get into some funky colors. Don't you worry. All right. So one of the other things we've added, and it was mentioned before, we've added a makeup layer. And with the makeup layer, we're totally inclusive. Any of the body types can have ma- makeup. Now, I don't want to spend too long on it here because we're going to get into it in a couple minutes. But I just want to show you sort of blending that in, blending that out, for this particular uh, body type. So next, as Andre talked about, we have all the hairstyles that you could want. So I'm just going to pick a couple different ones. A reality for some of us, and another reality for For another one of us. There it is. That's what I want my reality to be, here something like this uh i'm digging the mohawk though for this one he's got a bit of a mr t look to him i kind of like this yeah i pity the fool Pity the fool (laughs) so it might go without saying that we've got beards now so if you want to select a full beard you can select a full beard if you want just mutton chops you got your mutton chops you want your handlebar. You got your handlebar. All right. So we've got all the different beard types that you could want and we're going to add as many as you guys really want. So I'm kind of digging the full beard for this guy. Yeah, I'm digging the full beard for this guy. Where can we send in uh, requests? Even further to that, we've got eyebrow selection, which is, I mean, you could go with no eyebrows. That's, that's a very real, you could, you could have bushy ones. You can have a little bit more, you know, normal, kind of straightforward ones. But it was mentioned before during the hair and uh, with Forrest's discussion that we've got the hair dye as well. So with the hair dye, you can affect all the hair at once. And right now, I've got all selected. So I I can go through the gamut of all the different hair uh, 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 melanin that you can set. So here, I'm just going to darken it up a little bit. And if I wanted to dye the facial hair, I could just dye the facial hair all by itself. Setting a dye color here, something like that. But in the end, I'm really digging the jet black on this particular one. So I'm going to frost these tips a little bit. I think that's going to look kind of cool. Let's set a bit of a blonde here, turn up the dye amount. And then what's really cool about this, and I'll show this in a minute, is that we can actually control the fall off of it. So again, if I just want this on the tips, I can just blend it right about here. So there we go. He looks a lot different than how that started, and I think that's actually pretty fun. Now, there's a lot of stuff in here, and I I can't wait for you guys to explore it and spend as much time as you want uh, customizing and expressing yourself as a character. So once you're done, you've got to sign off a personal declaration that the physical appearances that the calliope process has allegedly caused um, are okay with you. So let's go to our next body type. All right. So I'm going to go to town here real fast, right, right away. And you might look, you might think it looks a little off or so, but I don't know. We're going to get there. Let's make some changes here. I'm going to adjust the bridge of the nose, maybe a little bit of the cheekbones here. That's maybe a little extreme. Let's go back here. Something like that. And I'll make the lips a little bit smaller here. And I'm going to lengthen that chin for a little more of a triangle kind of face here. So you can see, you can tweak to your heart's content. You can spend a lot of time doing this. And uh, and uh, I don't really like the brows. So I like a little bit softer of a brow for this particular character. Uh, that's looking pretty good to me, actually. So next, just like we did before, we go into Features. We can do the skin tone. I'm going to select a certain texture here just because uh, we... Got to get going on time here. Let's go. Something around here is looking pretty good to me. Cool. All right. We go into the complexion the same way that we did before. So we start with the freckles. Oh, I feel good. And I kind of like a... Tactical mindset. Thank you for the gift, character. sir. And I'm going to turn down the sunspots. So we move forward to the eye color again. Ooh, I'm really digging the green. Yeah, I like the green kind of look. And we get to the makeup. Now, this is where I want to spend more time. Now, I'm arguably not very good at this, um, but I, I will do my absolute so best to show you guys uh, how, you can, <laughs> how you can use it. So first is the eyeliner. So the eyeliner, we can do any color. You can go as crazy or as, or as chill as you want to go with this, but for this particular, I'm going to go quite dark here just in the dark sort of fuchsias and purples. Here we'll do in the inner lid eyeshadow and that I'm kind of keeping the th- same theme, I think. Yeah, and then we're going to do the same thing with the broad eyeshadow. So again, we can go as crazy or as calm as you want. You can make your own superhero. So what I've had good success in doing is kind of having it cranked, and then I just pull it back to a little more of a, of a, of a natural blend, something to this effect here. Uh, next is the lips. We can do the exact same stuff on the lips. Now, what we have is a whole bunch of different uh, makeup masks, and you've got three different channels within those masks, so basically three different colors that are affecting different areas of it. Now, for the lips, we can go with the same sort of theme if we wanted, and I think I'm actually kind of digging that. And let's go on the lip liner, a little darker. And then lips are a lot more glossy, so we can increase the gloss there. So that looks a little more like a lip gloss. Yeah, that looks pretty cool there. And then, like I was doing before, I kind of just pull it back a little bit. And there we are. So next. I think we're good. Yeah, (laughs) I think we're good. I have no business doing that, that's for sure. Uh, same thing on the hair again. We've got a whole bunch of different hairstyles. These will all be shared between the two body types, but for this particular demo, we've got the ponytail. We've got the slick back kind of look. Yeah, uh, I'm not finding one I'm really digging yet. I like ah, when you yes. at the camera, the yes, hair, now we're make the wind right. moving on, so on, cool. on now, the example. as well as the main full ca- character here, guys. So if you want facial hair on any body type, you got facial hair on any body type. That is up to you guys.
2: Oh, Someone mentioned that in chat, so yeah, you, you can't put it on woman.
12: So on the eyebrows, I'm just gonna leave them cause we can't, can't really see them anyways. Uh, but for the hair, I really like dyeing this hair a certain color, sort of, you know, something in the darker range. Gonna turn that down, I like the nice jet black, look at the makeup bounce out, that looks cool. Um, I'm gonna turn up the die though, and I'm gonna try to carry my same theme forward here. There we go. And then I'm gonna give it a bit of a fall off, as we can do, so it's just on the tips there. So let's see that in action. <laughs>
2: Again,
9: what kind all of computer do right. you need to run all so that? So now,
12: you know, well, I, at I like first, lot, we weren't sure about that character, people. right? But in the end, I think she turned out. Definitely. So, you go to a review, sign off your declaration again, and head to game. So, You know, I'm really lucky to be able to sit in front of this and, uh, again, it was a huge amount of work from tech art, engineering, designers, and specifically the squadron feature team that has done all this work. And one of the cool things to note is that we use this now internally as a tool. That's why it's me up here demoing this. This is our tool internally for creating all these heads, for creating all the NPCs in the verse. Because, as Chris put it one time, he doesn't want his NPCs to look lame. He wants them to look cool. And this... Gives you cool looking characters. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: I don't believe that is it. And something that Andre said when he first got on stage, it's been a long road.
0: Uh
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't have a singing band. I do have I do have one thing I, I'd like to mention is like those makeup options, it's great because we haven't really had them. We had makeup baked onto skins uh just like we have wrinkles baked on the skins. And I hope just as he said with the beards that they're this is their start. They're not going to just in here. They're gonna keep expanding. I hope that they expand your options for makeup, like you know, blush, um, being able to use more than one eyeshadow, like things like that, so you can get some really cool effects going. Um, you know, because I, I mean it looks really good, but it's also very basic in terms of uh character creation. In terms of makeup in other games so yeah
4: yeah i see a lot like today like now in 2020 in 2023 the cat eye is very popular mm-hmm. yeah and it's like how how do you do that you know you know that characters in the future are going to do stuff wild like that you know what i mean and so yeah i, I see what you're saying
0: yeah it would just I'll be see. basically an eyeliner type like instead of them having you know upper and lower combined you could have a lower in an upper and select different ones. It's mix mm. and match, basically.
5: Mm-hmm. I was going to say, uh, um, go um, they confirmed, didn't they, that we'll be able to save our characters? There are some people questioning that in chat. So just wanted cool. to verify.
2: I'm trying to say that again one more time.
5: They confirmed that we're going to be able to oh, save yeah. our characters. For You're few, not going to have like, to do that over like, downloaded.
3: And remember your settings. That we'll be able to save profiles, right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Import export that'll be important. All right. I think we can wrap up. That was um, character advancement. So, thank you all for joining us. Uh, before we um, move too far, um, we are having a virtual our citizen on December second. I'm um, starting at noon Eastern, and well, we have two sessions. The first one is at noon Eastern. The second one is at five PM Eastern. Thank you for that. Um, you can use the QR code or someone can help me put the link in chat if that I'll do it eventually. yes, Guda, 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 thank you for the follow.
3: Get your phones out and scan the code, you gotta register to be there.
2: gotta register and... I'm already registered. Cool. I am too and uh, we are looking forward to having a lot of people there because it, it, it was almost overflowed last time But it should not be an issue this time So hopefully everyone who wants to be there can be there. So go ahead and register and show up You know, you know, uh, what is it three, three weeks from now? So yes, yeah, it should be a, a fun event. You won't want to miss it uh, If you want to support us, you can um, buy our merchandise. You click the link down below. I appreciate the people uh, supporting us Thank you for all the follows, and subscribes, and um, subscriptions, and raids, and everything that we got, got today. We appreciate it. Thank you all. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I don't know who we're going to raid. Oh, but first, we've got to talk about um, Thursday. It's so Talk, 9 p.m. Eastern, 2 a.m. UTC now. That's where we talk to our citizens with, with our members of the community. Uh, we cover ISD, and SEL, and, and Sneak Peek, and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But that is where you could come in and talk with us about what do you think about what's going on in Star Citizen that tonight. We come into Discord and have an open chat. On um, so on Saturday, we had so voices at three p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Um, UTC. That's where you talk with Griffin, um, and you um, talk about what's going on that week. This week also, but more of a one on one format. And virtually he covered what's going on in Spectrum and Reddit and something in the industry in general. So that is a um, part of chat or Podcast Saturday starting at 3 p.m. with our Soul voices. Next Sunday, we're continuing our CitizenCon presentation, discussion, we're covering navigating the verse. Oh wait, that is this week. <laughs> <laughs> so let me look at what's coming up next week real quick, if I can put it up real quick. Uh, Re- da, da, da. Recycle the
13: spreadsheet. It's there. Just recycle the spreadsheet at the bottom.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, life in the first life in first person, and take them fight. Thank you. So yes, that is what's coming up next week, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 1 a.m. UTC. And I think that's it. Um, thank you everybody for joining us, and thank you for BBG Jade. <laughs> not that's video because you got no mad someone you know, one and yo yo meg thank you for that appreciate it and we're going to raid tv liquid so make sure you send them our love. so thank you everybody for joining us peace love and show everybody take care